Ladies, I am so excited. I was recently talking to my friend Megan Watley with The Beautiful Movement, and she was telling me that many of you girls are grabbing The Beautiful Movement boxes. And let me tell you, they are such a blessing. And now... The new March box is available for pre-sale. This means you have a chance to sign up before they sell out. The theme is He is Risen, a box to prepare our hearts for Easter, for the resurrection. You don't want to miss this one. Head on over to www.jointhebeautifulmovement.com and sign up now. Be sure to use the discount code UNCOMMONTEEN, all one word, for 15% off your first box. You can also follow The Beautiful Movement on Instagram at the underscore beautiful underscore movement. Ladies, I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this one. Welcome to the Uncommon Teen Podcast, the podcast for Christian teen girls. Each week, we'll talk about real life issues that you're walking through and how to overcome them in a way that stays true to who God created you to be. I'm your host and teen life coach, Jamie Kirshner, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Ladies, it is time to take our podcast off our phones and into real life. I'm so excited to invite you to Uncommon Teen Live, our annual conference for Christian teen girls just like you. Right now, you can get the best price on your conference tickets, but this price won't stay this way for long. On August 5th, the prices will be going up. So go ahead and head on over to UncommonTeenLive.com and grab your tickets today. There is so much confusion in today's culture concerning topics like gender identity and same-sex attraction. This week, we're going to be conquering lie number eight, our final lie on our Overcoming the Lies of the Enemy series. And that is, acceptance is love. While it may seem like when we affirm people's choices of things like gender dysphoria and same-sex attraction, even though they don't line up with the Word of God, that we're showing them the love of God because we're accepting them just the way that they are. But honestly, that's the exact opposite of truth. I have done a lot of research on this topic, and I've heard from several people who are experts in this field. They say that the exact opposite is true. We have to stand against the culture with courage while reaching the people with compassion. But before we get started, I want to clarify, I don't hate anyone. My heart is to help you all and others see how much God really does love you how much he has an amazing plan for your life, and how much it breaks his heart to see you hurting and broken. I also know that there are a lot of people out there who are Christians who don't act like Christians when it comes to how they treat people who are walking out the LGBTQ plus lifestyle. They treat them with such hatred and sometimes even violence. And I hate that. That is not how God would treat anyone. He has such love for them, but he also wants them to be free. A great example of Jesus walking something out like this in the Bible, where we can really truly see God's heart, is with the woman who is caught in adultery. Now, this is not homosexual sin. This is heterosexual sin. This lady was married. She's divorced many times. Now, either she is cheating on her current husband or the men that she is having a relationship with are married. But the same principle is true either way you go. So John 8, 1 through 11 says, Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to Jesus a woman who was caught in adultery. And when they had set her in his midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law, this is the Old Testament before Jesus came, commanded us that such should be stoned, which means put to death. But what do you say? This 
They said, testing Jesus, that they might have something of which to accuse him. The Pharisees and the scribes, they did not like Jesus at all, and they were trying to find some way to stop him. Now, going back to verse 6, it says, But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continue asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in his midst. When Jesus had raised himself up, he saw no one but the woman. He said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. That's grace. God's grace covers every sin. But now you have to go and sin no more. He didn't just say, oh, it's okay that you keep living that lifestyle. It's okay that you continue to act in adultery. It's okay. It's okay because I love you. And I'm just going to let you be who it is that you are and do what it is that you do, even though it's hurting you and it's hurting these guys that you are with. No, Jesus would never say that. He said, I'm not going to condemn you. I'm going to forgive you, but you have to go and sin no more. That is God's heart for all of us. God wants us free from the things that are holding us back because he loves us that much. Jesus didn't just leave her in her sin. The reason God hates sin isn't because he doesn't want us to have any fun. The reason God hates sin is because he knows that it's killing us. We may not realize it at first, but eventually it will kill us. It will leave us in a place of brokenness and deep depression and extreme emptiness. Like, what is the point of even being here? God doesn't want you in that place. He wants you in a place where you are free, where when you're at home in your room by yourself, where you're full of peace and purpose and life. When we withhold the truth from people because we're afraid of what they're going to say to us, or we're afraid of hurting their feelings, or afraid of what they're going to do to us, we aren't showing them the love of God. Now, you don't want to be shouting at them in the middle of the street telling them that they are going to hell. Before I met Jesus, if someone would have done something like that to me, it would have turned me completely away from God. So please, don't do that. (laughs) But there is a way to stand up against the culture with courage while still reaching the people with compassion. And Throughout this week and next week, that is what we're going to be talking about. So let's start with this question. Is homosexuality really a sin? Yes, it is. However, it's not much different than heterosexual sin, sin between a man and a woman. They are both sins against the body. 1 Corinthians 6, 18-20 says, flee sexual immorality. And this is any kind. Like I said, homosexuality, heterosexuality sin, porn Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. But why would God call this a sin if love is love? You can't help who you love. You can't help who you're attracted to. Well, let's go back to the beginning of time. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. 
Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The original plan for man and woman, husband and wife, was for companionship, but also for procreation. With homosexual relationships, procreation can't happen. We can't do the things that God has called us to do if we are not living the life that God has called us to live. So you might be asking, well, I've heard people say that the word homosexuality is not actually in the Bible. Yes, I have heard that rumor too. I've heard the rumor that that word actually means pedophile. It doesn't actually mean homosexuality. But ladies, that's wrong. How they came up with this is they didn't actually look at the original Greek and Hebrew in the Bible, which is what the Bible was originally written in. How they came up with this was they looked at the old lexicons and translations of the Bible. They got the idea that homosexuality meant pedophile, not same-sex attraction. And that is wrong. I was reading an article recently by Sean McDowell talking about this very thing, and he gave the example of the word incredible. If we just looked at lexicons and looked at old translations, that word incredible back in the 1820s used to mean something that cannot be believed. Like, no, that's that's incredible. There's no way that I could ever believe that. Not in amazement, like, oh, wow, that's so incredible. It meant I do not believe it at all. That's what that word incredible used to mean. Well, today, that word has been changed so much that incredible now means amazement. Wow, that's truly incredible. So if we go off of old lexicons, that doesn't even make sense because words change over time. We have to go back to the original Greek and Hebrew text and see what did the Bible actually say originally? If we look at Romans 1, 24 through 27, it tells us, therefore, God also gave the unrighteous, which means those who do not know Jesus, up to uncleanness and the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie, who worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, the reason of them trading the truth of God for a lie God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. This is talking about women having intimate relationships with other women. In the original Greek, that is what it is talking about, homosexual relationships between women. Verse 27, likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned with lust for one another. That word one another in the original Greek means men of like kind, meaning adult men. This is talking about adult men having relations with other adult men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. So ladies, homosexuality is in the Bible. And actually it talks about it throughout the Bible in several different places. When we decide to go with our own cravings or our desires that are against God, God has to step away from us and say, I have to let them make their own decisions. So you may be asking, well, why do I or why do they have those feelings then? Didn't God create us this way? Ladies, that is not the way that God created you. 
However, when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, this world was given over to the enemy, and we all died spiritually. When we are all born, now we are born into a broken world with a sin nature on the inside of us. We all have a propensity for certain types of sin if we let ourselves fall into the temptation. For me, it could probably be drinking too much alcohol. Now, before you go crazy, I do not drink alcohol. Actually, I never drank alcohol through my teen years or any of my adult years, and I have zero desire to. However, I say this because when I was little, and I mean like a toddler, my parents would leave their alcoholic drinks laying around the house, and I would go around and drink them all up until they were empty. I was like addicted to alcohol as a toddler. My parents used to tell me that they would not be surprised if I grew up to be an alcoholic. (laughs) Well, I saw what alcohol did to my dad. I saw what it did to other people in my life. And therefore, I knew that I was not going to give some substance the ability to control me at all. And so that is why I've never had any desire to touch alcohol and I have no desire ever to. Well, that may be my predisposition, but others may have a predisposition for being attracted to the same sex or maybe even being addicted to porn or drugs or whatever it may be. We all have a predisposition for some kind of sin. Now, when we give our life to Jesus, that predisposition doesn't have to have control over us. We can overcome that predisposition by faith. And we'll talk about this in just a minute. But ladies, as we go through this topic this week and next week, if you have any questions, please reach out to me through my email, jamie at uncommonteen.com or through the Uncommon Teen app. I would love to just encourage you and answer any questions that you might have. But again, we're all born into a broken world. But as I said, 1 John 5, 4 tells us that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And we overcome the world or those predispositions by our faith. Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The reason this is true is because John 8, 32, again, tells us that it's the truth that we know, the word of God that we know that makes us free in every area of our life. It doesn't have to control us. So let's answer the question, why is homosexuality a sin? Just because something is culturally acceptable and celebrated does not mean that it's not a sin. We live in an upside down culture where now they are calling wrong things right and right things wrong, and it can get confusing. But the reason that homosexuality is a sin is because it's not the way that God intended for us to live. As I shared in Genesis chapter one, I want you to think about it this way. If I gave you a brand new car, But instead of giving you gas in your car, I decided since water was cheaper than gas, especially with today's gas prices, that I would mix water and gas together to make it go further. I mean, it sounds good, right? It feels much better on my bank account. Ladies, your brand new car might run for a little bit, but then it's going to cause your gas tank to start corroding. And if left too long, your car is not going to start at all, even though it's a brand new car. The same thing is true for when we take something that God has designed for one purpose and use it for a completely different purpose. At first, it may feel right, like this is what you've been missing all your life. But after a while, you will begin to break down spiritually, mentally, and physically. Anytime we do things our own way, because we think that we know better than God, like, God, I've got this, it puts us in a position of pride. Because we're basically saying, God... I know more than you. My way is way better than your way. 
And so when they call June Pride Month, that really is a very accurate term for that month. Ladies, God doesn't want to steal your fun. He's not out to destroy your life. He knows that sin is fun for a season. I mean, most of us know that sin is fun for a season. And sometimes sneaking around and hiding things is addicting. It's almost like riding a roller coaster at an amusement park. There's a thrill to it. However, after that season of fun is over, there are consequences that begin to kick in. And those consequences are going to cause so much pain and emptiness and brokenness and depression. Ladies, that's not where God wants you. Real quick, I'm going to share a story about a guy named Beckett Cook. And I recently heard a podcast interview with Beckett Cook as he was sharing his personal testimony. Beckett grew up in Texas in a Catholic family, but never really connected with God. At a very young age, he noticed that he was attracted to boys and not to girls. And as a teenager, Beckett began to act out on those feelings. In high school and in college, he began to hang around other guys who felt the same homosexual feelings that he did. Fast forward to after college, Beckett was growing in his career in Hollywood, and as a very successful production designer who worked with the top fashion photographers and directors in the world, he was very deep into homosexuality for over 20 years. A new God was not an option for him at all. In Hollywood, God is rarely talked about, but is thought of as if he didn't even exist. So this was not something that ever really even came to his mind. Fast forward to 2005. Beckett was at the height of his career. He had everything that he ever wanted. He had money. He had fame. He had all of the Hollywood stars as friends. Yet while partying in Paris with some of the top actors, actresses, fashion designers, he felt a deep, deep sense of emptiness on the inside. He thought, if this is all there is to life, and this is at the height of his career, then what's the purpose of living? Shortly after this time in Paris, he was having coffee with a friend of his in Los Angeles and saw some young adults at a table with their Bibles out, actually studying their Bible in public in Los Angeles. That kind of shocked him because one, he had never actually seen a Bible out in public in Los Angeles, but two, they were actually studying it out in public in Los Angeles. So he went to ask them some questions and wanted to see what their beliefs were, and just kind of started a conversation with him. And so then he asked the question, what do you think about homosexuality? They answered him, we believe it's a sin, but we also believe that God wants a relationship with you, that he wants you to be free. I love the response of these young adults because they did not affirm his sin, but they did share the love of God with him. Affirmation is not love. How can we love someone so much that we're not going to tell them the truth and they end up in hell? But these young adults told him the truth. Yes, we believe it's a sin, but we also believe that God wants a relationship with you and he wants you free. Beckett went on to share that if they had been affirming of his homosexuality, he's not sure that he would have given his life to the Lord. Many churches today have embraced homosexuality. Now, I'm not saying be mean to people or tell them that they need to change their ways. What I'm saying is we need to stand firm on the word of God, just like these young adults did. Yes, it's a sin, but you know what? God loves you and he wants a relationship with you. We need to reach the people with compassion while standing up for the truth 
and against this culture with courage. After his conversation with this group of young adults who just loved on him, but also spoke the truth, he began to think to himself, what if God is real? What if everything I built my life on is a lie and homosexuality is really a sin? The group of Christians had invited him to church. And so that weekend, he decided to go to church. And that weekend, he gave his life to Jesus. And today he is completely free. Ladies, I hope you hear my heart in this, that I have no hard feelings or hatred toward anyone. My heart is to bring you all the truth because, again, John 8, 32 says, when we know the truth, the truth makes us free in every area of our life. God doesn't want us hurting. He doesn't want us broken. He doesn't want us to turn away from him. He wants us completely healed. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to bless us. Ladies, I hope that this episode helped you this week. If you have any questions, again, concerning this topic, please feel free to reach out to me. I hope that you hear my heart, that I'm not here trying to judge you or to put you down or to judge those that you love or to put them down, but I want you all to truly live in freedom. I want you all to truly live in the joy and the peace that God has for your life and the purpose God has for your life. Be sure to listen in next week because next week we're going to talk more about how do we stand up against this culture with courage, but still reach the people with compassion. All right, ladies, I want you to repeat after me and I want you to really mean it with all your heart. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, this week is your last week to get your Uncommon Teen Live conference tickets for the best possible price. After August 5th, 2023, those prices are going to be going up from $39 a ticket to $59 a ticket. Ladies, I want you to get the best price you possibly can. So get in there this week and get your tickets today. All you need to do is go to uncommonteenlive.com and grab your tickets today. All right, ladies, have an amazing rest of your week and we'll see you back here next time. Ladies, I hope that this episode helped you this week. I hope that you see that God loves you so much, that you are not an accident, that God created you on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. Now I want you to repeat after me, and I want you to mean it with all your heart. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies. So this week, I want to share with you some really awesome things that we have going on in Uncommon Teen. If you're looking to grow in your walk with God, maybe you've been struggling with anxiety or depression or friendships, or maybe you're struggling with something else altogether, but you're ready to overcome. You're ready to become free in those areas of your life. I want to invite you to join me in one-on-one coaching. This is a coaching program that is designed specifically for you, helping you to overcome those things that are holding you back from being all it is that God has called you to be. If you would like to join me in one-on-one coaching, talk to your parents, let them know why you're interested in coaching, head on over to uncommonteen.com slash coaching and learn more about our one-on-one coaching program. 
Ladies, I want more than anything to see you walking in freedom in every area of your life. The enemy is trying so hard to take down your generation. And my goal is that you are so strong in your walk with God that the enemy cannot shake you. And second, ladies, I want to ask you to be in prayer with me. We have had some challenges with our venue for Uncommon Teen Live. We've got one that we're working with the church on. We were supposed to hear back a couple weeks ago whether or not that this was going to work, and we still haven't heard back yet. So if you all could be standing with me in agreement that God is opening the doors for the venue to come for this year's Uncommon Teen Live, that would be amazing. I would be so incredibly thankful I am just so incredibly thankful for all that God is going to be doing at Uncommon Teen Live 2024. I cannot wait to meet you there. I cannot wait to see you. I cannot wait to see what God does in and through you because of this. All right, ladies, have an amazing rest of your week, and we'll see you back here next time.